on Clomericans. Welcome to Chloe Across America. I am so excited to be here with you all. I missed you so much. Like seriously, I really, really miss you. It's been a long couple weeks. Uh, we survived a coup. Uh, we got a new president. This is how crazy uh, the news in America is that nobody is throwing a parade for Kamala Harris, our first African slash uh, Indian American VP. Like, like that has been reduced to like the uh, inner linings, like the like the lining book. Remember, we used to get like a a CD cover or album cover, and you read the liner notes. Like that is how big a news her story is. It's just like a little footnote to all the nonsense that we've been dealing with these past couple weeks. But let me tell you something, y'all. We are here. We survived. I'm not about to go full Viola Davis on y'all, but we made it. We are here. It is a new year and we're going to have so many great conversations and guests and episodes of this show. Oh, it feels good to be back. Tim, aren't you glad we're back? Don't be shy now, Tim. Nah. Get Tim. Cause I had, I had to cuss at you earlier. Why did you have to cuss at me earlier? Cause you wasn't about your business. I am about my business. You ain't get your, you sent me some shit that ain't had no links on it. Listen, Tim. You sent me some shit that ain't had no, no, how was I supposed to make the shit? Progress takes time. Okay? You wait until like 9.30 to send me this shit. Progress takes time. You have to understand I'm, I, I, the time difference is different for me. So it takes me. See, all right, see, listen, I was trying to start the show so we can start with a, a very familiar place. Everybody knows what this is right here, but I got to tell y'all a little secret. Tim, are you ready for me to tell them the secret? What's, what's your secret? The secret is... I moved, y'all. Oh, God. Hold on. There you go. There it is. First story of the first episode of 2021 is me. I'm the news story. Tem <laughs> show the graphics. See, you slipping on your job already. What graphics? But the first story is me. Oh, God. Let me get off here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I moved. That is right. Who knew that when I started this show at the height of the pandemic, uh, phase one uh, addendum, the height of phase one addendum pandemic that nobody wants to acknowledge is real. Um, this past summer, and I entitled this show Chloe Across America, the intent was to have a show that I can now actually do because that's a whole other conversation. But I did not know that I would be moving across the country. So ladies and gentlemen, I am now a resident of Los Angeles, California, and this is the first time I've ever said it publicly for the public to know my BI. And because I love you all, I, I'm giving y'all some exclusive footage. So here is me on the day that I moved um, from Brooklyn to California. This is my hazmat suit that I wore on the plane. And if you think it's a game, it's not because me, uh, I was going to say me and Winnie or Winnie and I, Winnie's my dog, but I didn't get a suit for her because she, she gets overheated. So animal instinct kicked in and she was found on the flight. So here's her in first class with me, go to the next picture, Tim. And there you go. Just chilling, chilling. Let me tell you something. 
Um, I need to work my butt off because I don't think I could ever go back to regular economy seats ever again. If, if anything has told us more than ever before, the rich do not care about us. Okay. And when we in this pandemic with no type of COVID screening in these airports, they was joyfully packing us like sardines. Uh, we was flying in the air Amistad because they didn't give a fuck about us. Okay. But in first class, you get space and opportunity. You get clean air. The stewardess come and, and defog your shield if it get foggy for you. I mean, listen, they take care of you. So uh, keep them donations coming into Chloe Cross America. Because <laughs> I ain't going back. I ain't going back behind that curtain. All right. So um, I'll tell you the full story about how I ended up getting in this situation. Um, I had always said that I wanted to live in Los Angeles, but it always felt like something that I'll get to eventually. Right. And I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I've only lived there. I've never lived anywhere else. I went to college at NYU. I was a journalist. So that's where everybody stays in New York journalism, New York city. Then I got into standup, standup New York city. And so there was really no uh, incentive for me to like move across the country. And then something in me, I was turning a big, you know, birthday, I turned 40 and I was like, listen, it is time for me to do the thing that I wanted to do. And what is a better time than an actual pandemic? Because if it doesn't work, we may die anyway. So it doesn't even matter. Right. So before I cough up along where you from Marcy son, let me go to California and live this dream. And so something just snapped and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I booked the flight in like October. I had a weekend, like really short in and out. I had a, a Excel spreadsheet of all the apartments. I saw like 15 apartments in like two and a half days. And the apartment that I found is the one that I knew when I saw it initially, I was like, this is my apartment. I love this apartment. And I was able to get that apartment. And so this is my word to y'all. Whenever you feel like, I don't know if I should do something. I don't know if I should jump. I don't know if I can make it happen. I'm telling you the universe, God, whoever you pray to your ancestors, they will catch you before you fall. But you know what happens? And I don't want people to be like, well, I've done stuff and it didn't work out. Did you give it a hundred percent? Because if you don't give it a hundred percent, if you show any hesitation, right? I can't remember. There's like a, it's like a, I don't know if it's like an animal or, uh, oh, you know what it is when you um, play red light, green light, one, two, three. You remember you play red light, green light, one, two, three. And then like the person would turn and you had to move as fast before they catch you. But like, if you don't really like make that move and you hesitate, then they would catch you. And so this is me saying to you, if you don't make that move and give a hundred percent commitment to it, you may fail because you were hesitant. And let me tell you something, the universe can tell when you're not really giving your all because they're like, they don't really want it. They're not ready. I'm going to let them fall and skin they knee. So the next time they do it, they're going to really, really do it. And so I booked my ticket. I found my apartment. And then that's when it was like, oh shit, this is real. Like I, I got to commit to this. I got to pack this boxes. I got to find movers. And it took a long time for me to get settled in. So that's why the show has been on break for so long because I wanted to come back and be ready to like not stop. So I got a nice little home studio. Now. She lying. She took four boxes. That I, I, Tim, I took 18 boxes, Tim. 18 boxes. That's a goddamn lie. I had 18 I flipped, boxes. I would, I would flip that camera around. The boxes I, and the boxes are still. Oh, you unpacked. I have four oh, boxes. Left. You unpacked. You were there for like weeks, and then you took it's one four. day to unpack those four fucking boxes. That's not true. I have more boxes. There, I'm waiting for stuff to get here because let me tell you something. 
when it comes to the pandemic, y'all, this is one thing. When it comes to the pandemic, you don't get your furniture in time. So I have a couch that I ordered in November. It's not getting here until February. Okay. And let me tell you something. Happy Black History Month to me. Because when I sit down on the uh, cushions full of cotton, I'm going to praise my ancestors. Because I've been sitting on a goddamn Ikea import. Cut that bitch off. Next caller. <laughs> I can't stand you, Sam. I can't stand you. Okay. Here is. Um, an exclusive look at my apartment. Tim, will you please play the video? All right, Chloe, first words. You did it. You did it. You are officially in LA. I'm officially in LA. You are officially a resident of LA. Did you change over your driver's license? Um, to, that is the amazing uh, Zaynab Johnson, um, who greeted me when I landed here in Los Angeles. She's a friend to the show. You've seen her. She is currently taping season two of Upload. So if you haven't watched season one, go watch season one on Amazon Prime. It's a great show. She's in it. Um, and yes, I did change my California license. That's how you know it's really real. Real than real deal, Holyfield. I don't know why I'm saying all of these old school uh, rap slogans, but yes, it is real. I have a California I have a California license. And let me tell you what they do here in California because it's a land of opportunity, but also a um, body shaming. They make you put your weight. This is me, California. They make you put your weight on your driver's license. So I put my weight. I put my pandemic weight. I put my full 264 pounds on here so that when, you know, things go back to normal, I can be like, I came here with a heavy load. Look at me now. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, supporting me. I see all the love in, in the comments. Thank you to all the regulars who came back here to, tonight. Um, you know what to do. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. I know it's been a couple weeks. Like, share, and subscribe. Tell everybody about the show. This show is going to be moving to a new channel. And y'all know why. Because, you know, I, my stuff is tied up, whatever. So I have to move to a new channel. So make sure you like the new channel. I'm going to put the link in the description um, or you can go to the IG page. Oh, wait, wait. Let me tell you about the new channel. Um, why are we on the new channel tonight? Um, I'm not on the new channel tonight because I why? forgot to set it up. So it's not ready to live stream. You can't shame me. I have no shame. I have no shame. I stand in my truth. Okay. You don't know? Alanya quit her show because I'm about to take over Alanya Van Zandt's show because I speak my truth. Okay? Tim, you can't shame me. I ain't got no shame. All right. Speaking of no shame, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's get into uh, this story that has been blowing up my Discord channels these last two days. If you have been under a rock, you still have heard that GameStop stock is tanking the hedge fund community and the 1% is losing their rabbit ass minds. Now, I'm not even going to sit here and act like I know how to explain this because I don't. But I, what I do know is that a, a group on Reddit um, has been ha, had been talking for weeks about how a hedge fund had pretty much like undervalued the GameStop stock, right? I keep saying GameStop, GameStop, GameStop. Go to the next one so I can see it. GameStop. Okay. Power to the players. It's always interesting messaging when things come out. Anyway, so GameStop had this stock, a hedge fund bought it, kind of like drove down the price a little bit. And then these Reddit folks is like, we need to buy the stock because, you know, we're going to like stick it to the man, but also make drive up the price. Right. And so for the past 48 hours, 
this what is what happened to GameStop stock. It has skyrocketed. At its height, it was at $469. And for more than almost a year since the pandemic had, it has not been above $100. It was low, right? And so this is what happens when people put their money um, intentionally um, into a stock. They can change dividends. And so you have people who took, you know, all that they had, $1,800, a couple thousand dollars, and they made a grip. And so now... Um, without saying it like someone who really understands, this is just me saying layman's terms. Now people's stocks are kind of like being held hostage <laughs> and they're not allowed to like cash me outside. And so here to speak about it is a woman who is going to do a much better job than myself. Uh, Ramona Ortega Esquire is the CEO and founder of My Money, My Future. She was named one of the most notable women in personal finance in 2020 by Crane's Business. Please welcome to the show, Miss Ramona Ortega. How are you? So good to be here. I feel like we've been living parallel lives. I'm in Brooklyn, <laughs> but I'm from LA. I was a journalist and I love pugs. Come on. We, we're connected. Ramona, this is Kismet. But are Ramona, you an Aries too? <laughs> no, I'm a Capricorn, but we here. But clearly. We keep each other balanced. Yes, and we're going to be like connected in LA for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so Ramona, the floor is yours. Can you please explain? Because I know I did a, a barbershop uh, job. Yeah, <laughs> you, did you did a great job. I, so this is what I, I posted on Twitter yesterday when everyone was asking me about that. So basically what we have is a scenario of a pissing contest on the playground between retail investors, that's folks like me and you, that you know, just buying stock, normal, not huge amounts of money, and institutional investors, which are like the hedge funds. By the way, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but the hedge funds and institutional investors are also the ones that manage our pension dollars. So just keep that in mind as well. So what happened? This group of, of Reddit bros on the Wall Street subreddit community, and they're mostly bros um, and probably mostly white bros, they decided they would create a rally. And a rally means they're going to push up the price of a stock. They all liked um, GameStop. By the way, I was always confusing that. Too. I'm like, is it GameShop, GameStop? They were they were like, look, we, we like Game GameStop. We think that the price is too low, and we're mad that these hedge funds like Melvin Capital is one of them are essentially betting on GameStop's failure. And that's what's, what's happening when they're shorting. They're saying, we're betting that this stock is going to fail. And so it was super hedged. And so what the this group of Reddit bros decided to do is like, let's just go in and start to push up that stock so that they lose their bet. Right. So they're calling they're, they're, they're calling on their coin. They're saying they're going to lose this. And so they ended up doing that. They get on the Robinhood app and they're pushing up. They're driving up the stock. And the more they're doing that, the Melvin Capital guys are like, well, we're going to short it. And essentially, when you short a stock, you are it's like borrowing a book you, or you're borrowing a, a stock and you're going to go sell it in the market for a high price and then you're going to replace that stock so you're just borrowing it remember they're borrowing it they're selling it and then they're waiting for the price to go all the way down so that they can buy it back and just replace it because that's what they have to do but now because the price is so high they can't replace it without losing a shit ton of money which is what they've already done and then to make matters worse robin hood today decided, or really last night, decided that they were going to freeze the, the trading in both AMC and in um, GameStop. 
Um, and so what happened is that they didn't freeze it though for everyone. They only froze it for the retail investors, not for the hedge funds. Mm. And by the way, one of the hedge funds that's really deep in this short um, position is D1 Capital. And it's amongst one of the biggest investors in Robinhood. That story gets a little bit more interesting. So that's why AOC and folks on the Hill are starting to say, all right, we need to look at Robinhood. There's already been a number of class action suits. My old, you know, this is my old colleagues loving the class action securities litigation. It, oh, Ramona, uh, it happened so fast. It, I oh, mean, it all happened so fast. And by the way, so they were doing that with AMC as well, which luckily I had been long on AMC, meaning I was, I, I believed that the stock was going to go up. I bought it at $3. Thanks to these guys. I sold it, some of it at 16 yesterday. So yeah, you can make some money. Although I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't like speculation of any kind, right? I mean, although it happens all the freaking time. And yeah. that's why these guys were essentially pissed off that the hedge funds are shorting. So driving the price down, betting that the price is going to fail for so many of these different companies. So now AMC was one of them, Bed Bath & Beyond. We'll see what's going to happen. I don't like the fact that Robin Hood froze our ability to to exit the positions right and that's that's so going that, so what does that mean because i know there's probably a lot of people on here um we've talked about money matters before we talked about robin hood as being like a very you know a, a WYSIWYG type of stock app right and so um i was able to sneak in i mean sneak in five <laughs> shares of amc last night okay like i was like like right here and it was like shut it down and so this morning I woke up because now I'm on the West Coast. I woke up at 620. So I, this is the first time in my life I've ever woke up to see the market open. Okay. So I'm very, I'm very serious about my five shares of AMC. Yes. <laughs> and then, and then the game makes you very comfortable. <laughs> yes. And so then I go and look and it says like one, I was like, let me go check what GameStop is on uh, Robinhood. And you can't see it because they removed it completely off of the app. And then I went to AMC and I was like, oh, okay, well, I have five shares. Let's see if it's growing anything. And it wasn't really, it was going up and down. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should buy some more or whatever. And then it said, you can't. It basically was like, but you can't though. Um, the you only can only you can exit the position. So if you held what, it. Yeah. So what does exit the position mean? So whenever you take a position in a stock, you're either buying it or selling it. You can enter what you're buying or exit and you sell. I, the, the the whole jargon around finance is just a whole other thing, but it, it's all the shorthand uh, lingo for for all this stuff. But yeah, so they froze. So if you had it, you could sell it, but you can't buy it. Mm -hmm. And no, I mean, it's totally, I mean, it's screwed, right? I mean, that's, that's just not fair. Everybody else is still able to buy it. Hedge funds are able to buy it. And by the way, high frequency traders and people that are doing this have been doing this kind of thing forever. We just don't see it because it happens in our retirement accounts. Mm. Right. So remember, a lot of these hedge funds and institutional investors, they're managing the money of, you know, blue collar workers. Right. And so we don't see it because we're not there every day looking at our retirement accounts and it's in, inside of a fund. It's inside of an ETF or a mutual fund. But this stuff happens all the time. They're just mad that these Reddit bros decided to to do this and to kind of get an edge on them. I mean, look, I'm not all about the Reddit bros. I'm like, it's not my people that are making yeah. that much money. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Right. So let me, let me be clear. But I do think that the fact is that Robinhood now gives everyone an opportunity 
to invest and to use some of these techniques, which these guys have been doing forever. And that's why, you know, we'll talk about this in a minute, but that's why I started an investment course specifically for our folks of color this year, because I was, I was so done with the fact that all these people are making money and we're out here, you know, mm-hmm. trying to like scrimp by. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I see one more thread on Twitter telling us how to use that $600 stimulus to start an LLC corporation, I may jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's so that's what's happening, you know, and I think that the SEC will probably get involved at some point. Um, and, you know, and I hope that they take Robin Hood to task for it. I mean, they can't just be shutting things down on a whim, right? I mean, look, this happens. I don't like volatility. I don't, I mean, it's, they, you know, it's an inflated price, right? That the, the stock was not really worth that much at any point. AMC was about to go bankrupt a couple of weeks ago. I was like, damn, I was losing money on my $3 stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's like about like $11 now for AMC. It's 11. I sold at 16. I'm like, all right, I'll go. B-. And what I would essentially was doing, I'm shorting it. I'll figure I'll go back in and buy it when it drops down again. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about that because I know there were some people who were able to get GameStop and you know, when it inflated so high, you really have to know what to do in any event that your stock makes some money and you want to sell it. Um, it's very important to not pull your money all the way out because you will be super taxed. Right. Um, and so can you explain that what options they have? So like if I say, all right, I have AMC stock, I want to sell it and I made a profit. Do I just leave it in my my wallet or do I put it into an E-Trade account from Robinhood? Because also the sidebar, um, what is the future for Robinhood? And should we take all of our stuff out now in case they go down in this, you know, a ball of flames? No, I don't think that Robinhood's going to go down in a ball of flames. I mean, this is good. There, there might be some additional regulations and additional um, sort of scrutiny around them. But no, they're big. They have a ton of assets. I don't think that I, I'm not moving my money and I have, a, I have quite a you know, most of my money is in Robinhood. Um, I do like essentially their their features. Um, but in terms of capital gains, let, let me just, so when you sell stock, if you've held it for less than a year, you are going to p- pay a higher capital gains rate. But remember that the capital gains rate is also dependent on your income. So I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, look, if you're really broke, and you don't have a job, but you have some stock and you want to sell it, it might be a good time to sell it because it means that you pay essentially zero capital gains if your income is low. So the higher your income, the higher the capital gains is. Also, you should try to keep stock for a year or more because then you are in the lower capital gains tax rate. So you're going to pay anywhere from 15 to 20%. But if you, again, if you have a very low income and you sell, and mind you, if you're selling five or six trades, I mean, it's not going to be that much, right? <laughs> like, and it doesn't matter if you keep it in there or not, by the way, the minute you sell it, it's a, it triggers the capital gains tax. Mm, okay? okay. So it's not, so it is, if you leave the exit, the position, you will trigger the tax. Mm. And so do you just get a DM like from the IRS being like, Bitch, where my money at? Yeah, that, right. Well, they always get their money. I always say the taxman always gets his money. Um, you know what's going to happen is that Robinhood at the end of the year, right? Like just like you get a ten ninety nine, they send you a form and it tells you exactly how much your capital gains is to put that inside your tax mm. forms. Yeah. So, what would you say is the biggest lesson that the novice investor can take from this experience right now? Um. 
But you that you have to have some skin in the game to understand it. I mean, look, you bought something, right? And then you got up early to take a look at it. And that's actually my whole like that I preach this all the time. You have to have skin in the game. And the best thing to do is to micro investing. If you don't have a lot of money anyway, the best way to go is start small and know that you will make some mistakes along the way. You don't learn unless you make some mistakes. Hopefully, the the bets that you win are greater than your mistakes, right? I mean, that's I'm I'm short right now, meaning I'm losing money right now on an options call for a firm. I have until February 19th for that option for that price to go back up. Otherwise, I'm out some money. But I already knew that risk. I understand that risk. And I think that's the really important piece of this is to understand the risk reward and then really learn about the techniques and strategies that you can use to put your money to work. I'm a Latina. I make 52 cents on the dollar. Black women make just about the same, right? We're screwed overall. We have a lot of wealth gap. We actually need to make our money work for us twice as hard, right? If we want to catch up. Right. And so that's why I'm so committed to making sure that people are investing because we're losing money when we're not in the market. Okay. And can you explain that a little bit? Because clearly now it looks as though it is money up for grabs. Right. Um, but they make it sound so complicated and so hard uh, that the average person for I mean, I can tell you, I can count probably five times throughout my life where I've had educational programs that try to teach us how to do the stock market as early as like sixth, seventh grade. And it never really stuck because taking the class in school and then coming home to your community and saying, hey, mom, uh, I want to put $100 on some stock. Like it just does not compute. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my, the whole premise of my company is around this issue. If you don't learn about finance at home. And most of us don't. If you come from communities of color, you're like, I, I don't know. We didn't, we only talked about being broke. Right? It's like, that was the only conversation you had about money, not having enough of it. And so, and you don't learn it in school, then you don't learn it. And the only way you learn is by making a lot of money mistakes. And that's exactly what happened to me. Even though I made money during my lifetime, I just didn't know what to do with it. And that's exactly why I started my money, my future. And so I, I want to point to a, um, a, a data point that just came out that was really why I started the investment boot camp. Over the last year in the stock market, the wealth of white households rose to $98.6 trillion. Um, that's 84.6% of all the wealth that we have in this country. The wealth of Black Americans and Latinos fell. It's 3.8 and 4, um, I'm sorry, the, the Black Americans have 4.4 of, of wealth and Latinos have 2.1. We have a minor, minor fraction of the wealth in this country. And most of that wealth is tied up in stock markets. So we don't diversify enough. I mean, most of us come from places where you buy property. That's what you do. Um, you buy real estate. And that's really important. But you have to diversify beyond that. And so we need to make sure that we're putting our money to work. And when, we, when I say that, it's about doing, right? So the course is focused on understanding the, the the jargon, right? Just understand the language of finance, understanding the different types of accounts, because there's a lot of confusion between retirement accounts and brokerage accounts and a Roth IRA. And so personal finance is essentially overwhelming and confusing for everyone, but especially for communities of color. One, we don't trust the financial institutions and we have no reason to, by the way. Um, we know that the system is essentially rigged against us, but 
if we're not in it, we're losing wealth. We had over the last 10 years, the S&P 500 has returned over 280%. Because we're not in the market, we're losing that money. We're not making money work for us. And I am talking about not just that I want to build intergenerational wealth for folks, right? And that includes, you know, in the present, what's your FU fund, your freedom fund, right? Freedom to leave a job, to leave a man if you need to, to, you know, do whatever it is that you need to do. That's your, that's that financial security money or the present. And then you start also investing in the future in your retirement accounts and think about legacy planning, right? What am I going to leave to folks? How am I, how much, what legacy am I leaving? I have an 18 year old son. I'm a single mom. One of the most important things that I've done is to teach my kid very early on the importance of building credit, of investing early, because it's not how much you invest, it's how long you invest, mm-hmm. right? Compound interest. I mean, all of these things that we don't learn because we don't, our, our communities have never, we've been redlined out of everything. All things money, we've been redlined out of. And so we, we have the ability now because of fintech, um, in the sense that the, the technology has enabled us, right, access, more access. But we got to use that access, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we got to support each other in, in that. And I think that's why this has been such a big story for the past few days, because now it's uh, it's kind of like, um, for a lack of a better analogy, it's like the peasants have stormed the castle, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? And they're like, who let the bridge down? Yes. Why are they in here with me? Right. I should not have to share my porridge with these peasants. Right, right. And some of these folks have been doing stuff in, in crypto, right? And that's another space that we're not into, right? And I, long time ago, I bought Bitcoin. I didn't, I, I didn't keep it until now. So I know I don't have $40,000 Bitcoins <laughs> hanging around. I actually sold my Bitcoin when I was studying for the bar because I didn't have any money. And so I was like, and, and I had made some money. I bought it for, I think, $50. And I, you know, was, I think it was probably a thousand at that point. So I made some money because I was like, I need, I need cash. And I think that's what's important here is that we need access to cash and capital, right? And one of the sort of tightly held secrets around margin or brokerage accounts is that you can trade on margin, right? I mean, that's why FX currency traders love trading FX currency is because for every $100, you can get $100 in margin. They're, let bar, they're letting ding you money to go and trade. Now, you have to be very careful. You have to know what you're doing because you can, you're, you're borrowing money. But even in a bro- Robinhood account, for example, in the brokerage account, if your accounts are doing well and you've put in maybe two to $3,000 and they're doing well, Robinhood essentially lends you money at 2.5%. Just think about that for a second. We're out here paying all kinds of crazy interest rates to access capital or to use our credit cards. If you've done well and you're responsible about like managing your risk inside your margin account, you can use that margin account to... Pr- basically live off. I mean, pay your bills. That's how day traders use their margin accounts. I'm, I'm taking notes. If you see me looking down, I'm like, well, I'm, you're, you're going to come to our class. I, I already got a free pass for you. And, you know, and, and we're doing, like I said, we're also partnering with organizations to make this class available right now. It's priced at like a hundred bucks. I mean, I feel like in terms of the time commitment and the amount of information, it's the best hundred dollars you're going to spend. Okay. But in addition, we're working with the African-American Credit Union Association, and we have some scholarships available through that partnership. And it's about it's around an initiative called Don't Just Survive, But Thrive, because I'm tired of people just being like, oh, you have to learn how to be responsible, pay your bills. I'm like, no, I need to make money. 
I need to make enough money to make sure that we're secure, that I'm not worried about money anymore. And I need to make sure that my community has money. Like it's no, I'm not, I'm tired of us like relying on other people and like telling us also that like what we need to do, cause we don't know how to budget. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, well, what are we, but we're budgeting pe pennies, 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 pennies. Oh my goodness. So Ramona, um, please, um, I want you to come back. I do want to take the course and then I want to take the course and then I want to come back and do another episode. We can talk more about it, about stocks. But um, just to uh, summarize everything that you told us this evening, let's break it down to three tips. So here are Ramona's stock market tips. Number one, it's not how much, it's how long you invest. Yes, because of compound interest. Yes. So you don't want to, so you want to make as much as you possibly can before you pull your money out and have to pay yes. a lot of taxes. And, and remember compound interest can be your foe in credit card debt, or it can be your friend in investing. Mm, got it. Okay. Friend in investing. Got it. Um, there is no shame in the money game. Yes. Always able to hit reset, especially communities of color. We get shamed into being poor. We're essentially like there's a we carry a lot of shame. We don't ask questions. We feel stupid for not knowing stuff. No, no, no. Scratch that. We're starting. We're hitting reset. Even if you're not doing well, even if you have you've made some money mistakes, you can always hit reset. So no shame in the money game. A broke girl's guide to building wealth is coming out next year. It's going to be my book. There you go. Oh, I can't wait to read it. The broke girl's guide to wealth. I am with it. And last but not least, get some skin in the game with micro investing. So what would be some good micro investment stocks that you think that people could dip their toe in? Yes. So it, we talk a lot about this in the class, but essentially you want to start diversifying your portfolio. You, you've, you've invested, you did some micro investing. That's exactly what you did. You're like, this is hot. There's some activity around it. I like it. Now, the only thing I would have said is that look at the price before this spike. You, you were buying high instead of buying low, mm -hmm. right? So you want to try to always buy low and then, you know, have it go up high, right? So one way to do it is just to look, there's lots of screeners. So you can see what stocks are like below $10. If you only have $100, you don't want to be buying a stock that's $1,000. You can through fractional shares. I don't really suggest it because you're just like, they're getting a, such a micro sliver. Actually buy something that's under $10 or in the $20 range. And there's quite a few out there. The other way is to start investing in ETFs, but not all ETFs are equal. There's this huge, there's over 3,000 ETFs in the market right now. And so what does ETF stand for? Yeah, so it's, it's an exchange traded fund. And so instead of buying one stock, you're basically buying into a basket of stocks. And they, and they follow the different big indexes. So you probably heard of the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones. Those are the big three. And so what those um, ETFs do is they say, okay, we think we can beat the index and we're going to buy all of the stocks that are kind of included in that index. And the way that we manage them is hopefully going to beat the index. And so those have fairly good returns and very low fees. And so it's a good way to diversify. But again, not all of them are equal. I want people to make money. So I want you to make sure that you're looking at some of those key ratios. How much have they returned in three years? How much have they returned in five? Did they beat the index, mm. right? And you're going to learn all of that in the class. <laughs> so that's one way. But again, and then just follow your gut. I'm not big on like, I'm old school Warren Buffett. Like, follow your gut. Would you buy the product that this company is selling? Do you yeah. use it? 
Let me tell you right. something. Because I traveled the country when the world was open, um, I bought um, Noodle and Co. Share. And people laugh at me. Noodle and Co. is like this franchise uh, place. And it, the food is terrible. But people love it. They go in there <laughs> and you just you pick your noodle and your sauce, whatever. And so that is something that I bought. And I've had it for almost a year now. Because now with the pandemic, people are tired of cooking. And so these are things to think about. And I tell people to, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a novice, but my gut tells me buy the thing, like you said, buy the things that you're familiar with, things that you use, things that you think people need. Um, and, and just, and also when you talk about micro investing, what is a good number? Like, is, I mean, is it worthwhile to buy one stock of, of say AT&T at 150 or is it better to buy 30 stocks of like, you know, Kleenex at like, yeah, that's a great question. So usually what I mean by micro investing is, is you don't have a lot of money to invest. So you're maybe investing $50 a week or maybe a hundred dollars a month. There, there are some stocks that are worth buying one share. If you follow the market again, the more time you're skin in the game, the more you'll follow things. I bought Shopify when they started um, delivering, essentially delivering cannabis in Canada. I think I, I mean, I bought it definitely under a hundred. I mean, that one stock returned me $1,500. So you, you never know, but there's a lot of research out there. You keep your ear to the ground. Again, Shopify to me made sense. I was like, oh, and they're going to be delivering cannabis. Yeah. People are going to be buying that good looks, right? I was like, so I got in and I just got, you know, one or two shares, but that, that share, again, what you're looking for is the return. Mm. That was like, almost like a 900, 1000% return. That's what I'm looking for. And again, you're looking also, don't be afraid of volatility right now is what we call tons of volatility, right? But you can't be afraid of it. You have to be smart. And women are, are great investors because we take calculated risk. We're like, okay, let me check it out. Let me check this out. Let me see where I'm going to put my money. For example, some money that I'm investing, I, there was a money in, this, in a savings account. It was making none, no money because we have low interest rates right now. Moved that money into Robinhood at the peak of COVID around like March, April, when things started going to lockdown and when the stock market dropped. Remember when the stock market mm-hmm. dropped? Everything was on sale. It was like going to a department store and everything was 75% off. And mama was just like, ooh, all these good stocks, 75% up. I have now made almost $36,000 in that account. Wow. Because I was like, okay, these are good companies. These are good companies. And I was able to use margin to buy those good companies. And almost all of them are up. American Airlines, Dine Foods. I mean, just really basic commodities and and things. Even American. I mean, I, I've made lots. Of, I've made some good money in American, even though it's still recovering. Mm-hmm. I bought it so low, yeah. Right, and that's the key. And now I'm going to hold. I'm just going to. That will bring at least 500% return over the next two years. Mm. Well, listen, we have so many people in the comments asking for very specific stock tips <laughs> and energy tips. So we're going to have to have you come back in a couple we weeks. Um, but the last thing, cause I know people want to know about Bitcoin. Can you give us like a one sentence summary on Bitcoin and where it stands right now? Yes. So it's obviously too expensive for most people. If you really want in on it, you can buy fractional shares of Bitcoin, by the way, you can do that in Robinhood. You can probably do that in cash app as well. Um, I would look at diversifying though crypto there. I am long on crypto, meaning whether it's Bitcoin or it's Ethereum or Bitcoin Cash or there's a bunch of other ones, 
I do believe in the next five years, five to 10 years, we are going to be using digital currencies like this. So I'm long on it. I think it's going to happen. Um, I do think that, you know, there's there's tons of volatility. I would definitely not be putting your life savings in Bitcoin unless you're very willing to sit it out when it drops like to, you know, 10,000 and then goes back up. Mm -hmm. The essentially people are saying that it'll probably reach about one hundred and twenty five uh, or I'm sorry, um, like one hundred thousand dollars. But, you know, look, it, you, I don't know if you have enough time to be waiting that long. Um, but I do think that there's lots of other cryptocurrencies. You're not going to be able to buy all of those coins, though, in your Robinhood account. So only Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think, are in Robinhood. I have a Binance account. Um, there Coinbase is Coinbase is another one that people. There's a Coinbase. They're even a little bit more strict, and I, I think they have higher fees, from what my experience. But the bottom line is, you know, I'm I'm long on crypto. I think you know, I take a hundred bucks and I bought a bunch of XRP, which was twenty nine cents. Now it was delisted, but people are still long on it. I think it's going to come back and it's going to mm -hmm. do well. Right. So got you it. can't be afraid. Also, I don't want to. I mean, look, we waste money all the time. I'm like, girl, if you got sixty dollars to do your nails, you got sixty dollars to invest. Facts. And now what's the point of doing nails? Look at me. Nub City. Oh, I, you know, I, I was like, that's sixty dollars could buy me a lot of XRP. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ramona. Um, yes. I know people are going to be hitting us up. They want to take the class. So I'm going to make sure if you're listening to this as a podcast, just go to the description of this episode. If you're watching on YouTube, the link will be below um, where people can go to um, your website to take your course. Yes, I, so have the, um, I have also the link. I'll just put it in the private chat for you and then you can yes put it in the it. private chat um and i'll that put is. it in the comments thank you so Great. much ramona I'm thank so glad you we'll be in touch. i'm so happy thanks so much for having absolutely. me absolutely give it up for ramona ortega please check out her course i'm taking the course listen if i uh got my ass up at 6 20 this morning to check the stocks honey i'm invested either that or i'm officially a 40 year old woman but either way <laughs> it's going down Okay, Tim, can you uh, drop that link into the comments for me so people can click on that? And we're going to keep the show moving. Uh, this is our, our brand new debut for 2021. Brand new episode of Chloe Cross America, now located in Los Angeles, California. And I had to reach right back across this beautiful country. I say that liberally. Um, this beautiful country to, to touch my sister and say, girl, I need you to come on here. So we can talk about some stories uh, at the top of this year, 2021. So please welcome to the show, my dear friend, Yamanika Sanders. Let me tell you something. I'm so mad I had to click on and go on your page on the show and beg for tax tips, um, <laughs> stock tips, and beg Ramona to get me some stock classes. We're going to get you. We're going to get you together. Yes, Look, me. <laughs> Tim post me begging to take the class. Tell Ramona I ain't got a hundred dollars. My money is tied up at GameStop. <laughs> you know my money tied up at GameStop. Shit. Anything that involves young white niggas, I'm putting my money there right now. I can't. All of the uh, GameStop, Fortnite, uh, Cool Ranch Doritos, shit, socks. Anything that them I niggas do. Can. How are you doing? How are you doing? Let everybody know how you doing. Well, you know, I'm good. I came in here looking like the lion from the Wiz. Um, you look great. I had to do my own hair and makeup. Let me tell you something. The budget's getting so tight now on these shows. 
They said, we're going to give you $500 for glam. I said, nigga, I can't even get my hairstylist to pick the phone up for $500. So you better get to pressing them edges, girl. Child, let me tell you something. I was hitting these edges so hard. And let me tell you something else. I'm also going to get that $500 because guess what? I work glam. <laughs> <laughs> so you're paying yourself. Now you got to invest in yourself. Take that $500 and buy. You need to get you some edge control stock. Do they have edge, is edge control on NASDAQ? You know what? They've been slipping on us so hard. It's a lot of stuff black women into they need to have. They need to have old Elder Barge albums on stock. Like, black women be lifting up the communities all across the world. Hair, edge control. We definitely need a cast iron skillet stock. We need a cast iron skillet stock. And you know, you, you know, you know, you know how to, uh, if you if you can cure a cast iron skillet, you can let your stock sit in the, in the NASDAQ. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also <laughs> want to say, uh, P.S. I want to say shout out to Chloe for now being in the 40 club with me since this bitch love telling somebody that I'm older than her. I just want to let you know I only got the bitch by two years. So welcome, bitch. I hope it tears your ass down. <laughs> I love it. So far, so good. I'm enjoying it. And it's weird because I literally had a moment. I was talking to my cousin, mm -hmm. uh, my cousin Nicole and my bestie Brooke, and we have a group chat. And I remember just having this moment. I was here in my place and I was looking around and I was like, yo, I think I figured out what it means when you turn 40. Like you really just don't care. You yeah. don't care about anybody. Else. You know what you want. You know what you're about. You're very focused. You're very secure. You love your body. You, and even mm -hmm. if you want to fix things, it's not, yeah. it doesn't, um, it doesn't kill your day. Does it make sense? Like, it's like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll get to it. But I know I'm still enough. And it just, it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my God, I think this is what people mean when they say when you turn 40. That, and that's, that's at 40. And then 41, you go back to basics. Because <laughs> I sent, <laughs> earlier today, and Chloe will never say this, I sent, I, I sent an audio message that went to Chloe instead of, who was intended for, and I'm still up to my old shenanigans. So, and I'm glad uh, I was. I was able to intercept. I was yes, able to intercept you, that. Yeah, you caught that. The Holy Ghost threw it right in your hand. So thank you. <laughs> okay, y'all, um, you were here because you and I got we got a couple stories to talk about. All right. Okay. And this first one, I know, is going to get you all in a tizzy. Um, if you did not know that the president of the Proud Boys was a Hispanic man. His name is, uh, what is his name? Enrique Tario, mm. the leader of the Proud Boys. And it came out allegedly, allegedly that this man here, go to the photo, that this man here has been an informant, an informant for the authorities for several years. And an interview, uh, he said that he, he knew nothing, but this is the funny thing. He appeared in court because, of course, he got arrested as being the leader of the Proud Boys, but the mm -hmm. insurrection slash coup that happened on January 6th, right? And so in a deposition, it was revealed that he worked with authorities. And his lawyer is the one who described his un undercover work and said he had helped authorities prosecute more than a dozen people in various cases involving drugs, gambling, and human smuggling. Mm -hmm. And when they asked him... Hey, your lawyer said that you were snitching. You work with the feds. He goes, I don't know any of this. I don't recall any of this. Now, whenever somebody says they don't recall, Yamanika, what, what yeah. does that mean? Well, first of all, he didn't even know he was Hispanic. You understand? Because what you doing over there at the Proud Boys? But I want to know. And he looks super duper Latin there. You ain't never seen a white man with that much texturizer in they damn beard, bitch. Yeah, okay? I He looks aggressively let me just slow down because I forgot this is Chloe across America I think you said 
Because <laughs> it's, it's a lot of things that I want to say about him. And he looked like he just walked out of a bodega in the Bronx. But here's, here's the other thing. Who was he turning in? That's what I was trying to get to. Was he turning in white boys? Yeah, always cooperated. In no, see, the thing is, he we don't know because he is an informant, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I know Tim started playing this clip, but this is a good clip. This clip is from author, um, hold on, uh, <laughs> look at me, look at me, Brian Glick, right? And this is a clip we're about to watch. His author, his name is Brian Glick. He's the author of a book that came out in the 80s called The Covert War at Home. And listen to what he says about how the government uses informants in hate groups. Tim, play that footage, please. The FBI always cooperated in different ways with right-wing groups, and I, I go through it yeah, more I at forgot home, about the, Nazis the relationship the with the Nazis, the Klan, yeah. an ex-Minutemen group known as the Secret Army Organization in Southern California, all of which amounted to a kind of covert aid to these right-wing groups in the guise of moving against them. Um, we have the testimony before the Senate Intelligence Committee of one um, infiltrator, so-called, of the Klan for the FBI, who, on the FBI payroll, man named Gary Thomas Rowe, what did he do on the FBI payroll? He beat up Freedom Riders in Alabama. They knew he was going to. He did it. He reported doing it. They kept paying him. Then he was part of the group that planted the bomb in the church in Birmingham where the four little black yeah. girls were killed. And so when you hear stories like this, right, of mm -hmm. how informants have long been embedded in hate groups but funded by the government, mm -hmm. then it makes it makes sense. I mean, we already know. I mean, if you're a person of color, you already suspect these things happen, but people just say, oh, it's a conspiracy and you're crazy. But now we are realizing if, if 2020 has not done anything, right, then give us clear vision, because that's what everybody was saying on December mm -hmm. 31st, 2019, 2020, the year vision. It has mm -hmm. showed us just how corrupt the systems are that have told us that we will never amount to what we need to because we're just not working hard enough or we just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But you got snitches embedded in hate groups and you let them do all of this stuff targeting groups of color and marginalized people because mm -hmm. it benefits the larger problem, which is white supremacy. Mm -hmm. It's now you have this man who's a snitch. And the thing about it is, He's, as of right now, he's still in charge of the Proud Boys. Ain't nobody kick him out yet. Well, here's just a couple of things to unpack. Number one, I didn't know Bob Ross was out here telling people what time it was when it came to informants. I thought he was just painting trees somewhere. I was surprised that he knew so much. But my thing was, you know what it is, is the, the government is so tied up in us and we don't have our own anything. And that's why I said, and this is what one of the fundamental reasons for the the claims against all this intermarrying and stuff that we do especially when it comes to black people constantly marrying outside of our race and doing things like that because we are already being under attack when it comes to the things that we are doing and then we we go and we partner up with people while we still don't have our own shit together you know you just had ramona up here saying that white people control you know three trillion something dollars in in the american uh economic system and we they saying we trillions of dollars in debt. So how they gonna have three trillion and then what niggas got four 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 thousand as the race? Like this ignorant. So you know it's really nothing that you can do um, because you be damned if you do or damned if you don't. We are constantly in a position where we just trying to survive, right, and trying to thrive and. While we are also talking about all the, the white people that own wealth, we do have to, the problem is 
they do own that percentage of wealth. What they own 98% of the wealth in, in, in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. But when they hear that as a group, they they um they applaud each other, right? And they 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 that's why they have a problem with niggas, because they so busy thinking niggas supposed to be under tow. You understand? And then what happens is that 98% of uh, the white money is not being held by a hundred percent of the white community. Absolutely. That's just being held by maybe two to three percent, if that, of the white community. Throwing a couple of you know uh, uh, brown people from other places. So it you know it, it, it's we got a long way to go. Um, of course, the what's his name is part of the Proud Boys. You know, I've had Dante Nero on. Many times, Dante was one of the forefathers of the Proud Boys. Do I not mean, say it like that. Do not say it like no, that. I'm, not, no, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to clear up because he's talked to me about it. He's a friend yes. of mine. I'm going to throw him out of there. But I mean, before when these niggas needed somebody to help them be men because they don't know how to be men. A lot of these niggas is punks. That's why they run around, uh, you know, doing all the things that they do. And you just see a bunch of aggressive, aggressive niggas that don't have their shit together. So he was in there really trying to help these niggas. He had no idea what they stood for. And then come to find out this is what they stood for, that he had to back off of it and, and retract and all this other stuff. So what I'm saying is they don't even know what they're doing. Because anytime you, know, you had Dante in there at the beginning, you didn't have your shit together. Now you got this Puerto Rican guy, you know, that's in there. And he, he trying to look like he white. I've seen a lot of brown people in the Proud Boys. And I'm trying to figure out, are they advertising on MNN? And then too many people are just confusing um, them for some type of college course, or do they think proud boys means we are proud to be African American, or are they just like we we got so few white niggas that's really ready to fight? We'll take a couple of niggas that don't know where they at yet. Listen, you know there's a there's a picture of that one black kid who got arrested and he is still in prison right now, awaiting his awaiting uh, trial or whatever his pretrial or tra- arraignment. Um, and he's still being held. And all he did was show up. They just took a picture of this black kid that was there at the insurrection, whatever his intentions were. But he didn't do anything violent. But the chick who stole a laptop got to go home to her mama. So when you understand that white supremacy rules everything that we do, every system that is in place is created with the underlying um, power of white supremacy, right? That they, means- yeah, they hold the power of fear. See, the problem is, and I, I'm going to say this, with a disclaimer, I never promote violence. I'm never about violence, you understand? But the thing they always have over us is violence. The cops can kill us. White people can indiscriminately kill us and get away with it. What have you heard anymore about the uh, Ahmaud Arbery case when the niggas did it? They done hushed that up. Breonna Taylor, they still out here trying to figure out what's going on with that. It wasn't until Joe Biden became president that the nigga over there that was supposed to the DA decided now he better oops. And they and now, now they want to do a trial and get him up out of there and impeach him. But you wasn't trying to do that when Trump was in power. So like we have not had any justice for any cases that have happened that of black people that have been murdered. So of course, if they're going to murder us, they damn sure going to keep us disenfranchised and, and, and unempowered. And so until we can answer those cases and until they have the same fear that we have, we have the fear of losing jobs. We have the fear of losing our lives. We are under constant hostage. Uh, people trying to be quiet. Don't say nothing. You ain't going to have no career. Don't do this. You ain't going to have no job. Don't be here. The FBI going to be on your back. And, 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 and we don't do anything but sit there and blink our eyeballs. So what do you think could happen? Now, let me ask you this, because I just want to know, do you think when somebody like this, right, when you when a person like this sells themselves out and they become an informant, 
Do you think that they're doing that from a place of fear or do you think they're doing that from a place of presume, presume power? Like, let me align myself with the, with the feds or like, shit, I'm in too deep. Like, what is the conversation you think he has every morning when he looks at himself in the mirror? Um, why didn't I swipe right on Yamanika? Like, I don't know. He looks like a nigga I saw on Tinder a couple of days ago. You know, it's, what What do you, listen, you got a group of, dis see the Proud Boys and all of these groups really, when it's the basis of it is hate. You understand when you have people like the Black Panthers, you have the Black Lives Matter movement, even though they keep trying to, make, you know, study the name of that. You understand when you have people who are trying to, um, disrupt the system that is disenfranchising them, right? But how can you justify a, a system that is built upon hate and hating other people and keeping other people down? So when you see a lot of these people, these proud boys and stuff like that, they have convinced themselves that what they're doing is noble and they've convinced themselves that what they're doing is right and that they're protecting protecting their land. P.S. the land that only protects them because there's niggas that they're not protecting. You understand? Mm. If there were not black people on this land, Poor white people would be the next up for the market. You cannot convince them niggas of that. You oh, understand? No, you can't convince them that. You cannot. And they uneducated, they poor, they, they also disenfranchised, they ignorant. But as long as they see enough niggas suffering, they happy, and they can go home and sleep at night like newborn babies. And and the reality is a lot of these proud boys is a bunch of niggas running around here. They mad because they dicks ain't big. They they heard the stereotype about black men and big dicks. And anybody yeah. who's fucked black men, you know, sometimes it's a cash grab and sometimes. You go well. Listen, I you know who what party did you do a twenty three of me? Because can't everybody in your family be black according to your penis size? Um, but you know they get riled up on hate. They get riled yes. up on anger. And what do you think he where where is he going to be? He either going to be maybe cashier of the month at Piggly Wiggly, or he can be the face for um the Proud Boys. Listen, but let me tell you something. This is the thing when you are a person uh, uh, when you are a person of a certain shade. All you have to do is grow your hair out and change your facial hair, and then you will look like a completely different person. Black people don't have that luxury. That's why. That's why I can't be a spy. I can't be a spy. I can't cut my hair off and then grow it out in two weeks like a white bitches do when they do a, a action film. You know how many times Charlize Theron and cut her hair off and she got locks by the time she get on Jimmy Kimmel. I cannot. I can't switch up like that. Chloe, you put in some crochet braids one time. I didn't know who the fuck you were. So please don't act like we ain't got our magical power. I said, what, what's going on here? Who is this? I can't. All right. Speaking of our magical powers, uh, this story, this next story is not even a story. It's just a subject because we've been in the house for 10 months. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of challenges that have been going on. But yeah. over the past recent weeks, since we have taken a hiatus from the show, these challenges have gone in a very X-rated direction. I don't know if the, if it's the 40 and me popping out, but I feel like we've been in the house too long and women are fed up. And if you don't know what this challenge is, this is the latest one. It's called the Silhouette Challenge. And here is uh, Chloe Bailey, one half of Chloe and Haley, not me, uh, doing her Silhouette Challenge video. Let's take a look. Okay. She said, listen, I'm, I'm that sister. That's what she said. <laughs> she said, let her be Ariel. I'm going to give you these hips and thighs. I'm ready. I'm ready for my close-up. Uh, Chloe and Haley are two superstars. They're signed to Beyonce's record label. Um, they had a successful album that came out. They started on the internet doing their own little videos, but now they have separate Instagram accounts and 
Chloe, in celebration of reaching a million, a million followers on Instagram, posted this silhouette dance. And now people have been following suit on TikTok and Instagram with the yeah. silhouette challenge. And so basically what you can do is you could have your room backlit like Chloe did, and then it's just your silhouette. But on TikTok, they have a red light filter, which you can put on your video. And so you just record yourself doing your sexy dance, and then you put the filter on. But niggas is so thirsty because they've been in a house too that they figured out a way to reverse engineer these clips and remove the filter. So if you were scantily clad or half naked, Yamanika, when you did your silhouette dance on TikTok, somebody could take your filter off and just see your body with the light that was actually in your place. The, well, let me tell you something. First of all, the filter is what makes a lot of these chicks look good. You understand? Because, you know, a lot of stuff you can't see shaking and pulling and moving and uh and a black and white silhouette and that's definitely so they can reverse engine because i'm definitely going to do it so they can <laughs> they, they can reverse engineer all they want they're going to see some shit they damn sure didn't play to see or want to see and i and and also i want to say this it's unfortunate that the girl is just hitting a million fans and this is why we got i got to come back here we got to talk about the industry again right because chloe and Haley been running around they the only ones been doing they've been doing concerts and award shows yes, and they have. They've been working. Place since the pandemic and they just now hitting a million fans. No, 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 they separated. So they had a joint account. They had a joint account. So they just got their own individual accounts. So that's why she throwing that ass because now she ain't got to worry about her younger sister. It is time. Pure. It's time for them because it's time for them. One of them to be the Beyonce and the other one got to go ahead and be the Solange. And, um, <laughs> Because I'm really, as a unit, the the uh, the Haley, the little girl Haley, the one that's supposed to be the princess, whatever. And, uh, Ariel. Ariel. She she got to separate from the other sister because the other sister's at an age. You know, when we get to that age, see, we're not there anymore. We 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 at the point where niggas is like, nigga, we in our forty. Look at our resume, nigga. I'm not. Like these little videos, and you know when girls are like, "Hey, babe, like, I'm... yeah." There's no more advertisement. It's no, like, it's, it's like read read the ingredients on the box, motherfucker. This is it. Yeah, it's this is it. you coming over or what, nigga? And let's go because I got to soak my feet in Epsom salt. Like I don't have all day, you know what I'm saying? And I got to put my summer feet on and get my bunions right. So this is where we at, right? And so the young girls they doing all that advertising, and so that girl is at the prime age. I've seen her, and she's also. In the shadow of Beyonce, who is your manager, there's no, the girl is going to, I'm telling you, it's it's just going to get more and more. So the other one with the dreads that's really trying to keep her feet on the ground, mm -hmm. she's got to go, listen, I love you, but I, I see where this is going. And you about to be the next Reby if you don't slow it down. And you're going to be singing Centipede, bitch. And I need to <laughs> Oh, not, she goes to Beyonce. Not Centipede. Let me say something. Shout out to Reby Jackson. I love me that Centipede. You couldn't tell. First of all, can we just get, this is a tangent. Can we just get into how nonsensical uh, 80s, 80s R&B lyrics were? Why is love like a centipede? Please explain that to me. Because if a nigga had a hundred legs and he was crawling on me, call X-Files. That that's facts, but he could have been a fuck boy. You know, they got a bunch of legs crawling everywhere, bringing a, a bunch of women's energies with them. That's probably why he was a centipede. Ah, oh, right, you're right about that. And a lot of those centipedes definitely got exposed because what happens when you do all these silhouette and bust it down challenges? You end up with a pandemic baby. And let me tell you what brings me and and my single 
uh, life joy is seeing people having those awkward Zoom baby showers with a nigga who did not want to have a baby. And now he got to take pictures with her like he her bodyguard because he don't want to touch her because then he got to acknowledge that that's his child. So he stand two feet away like he's social distancing in their house on a Zoom yeah. baby shower. Oh, he t and he also taking over the birth plan. Like, I want to make sure that her room is right next to the COVID home. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something. It's niggas out here now trying to get their babies to get COVID. Shut up. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think it's niggas out here? when, the, when it, ain't, it ain't like chicken pop. No, no. It yeah. ain't like chicken pop. Yo, bitch, you want to talk about how we old? How about during this pandemic, I found out on the internets, okay, that there's whole generations of people out here, kids younger than us, who never had chicken pox because the vaccine finally worked. So they don't understand our pain. They don't understand what it is. Chicken pox and the mumps. <laughs> they don't understand our pain. See, vaccines work for all those anti vaxxers I know I don't believe this. I hope there's not. I mean, whatever. Do you? Uh, just don't call me. Chloe, there are people that don't know who Eddie Murphy is. Like, here's the reality. I've I've come to the to the fact they don't know Eddie Murphy, they don't know Pee Wee Herman, some of them don't know Hulk Hogan, they don't know what a Jerry Curl is, a S Curl, a Waterfall, they don't know what a pineapple is. You know, a lot some of them barely know who Will Smith is. Like if it wasn't for August Alcina really bringing their bedroom to the forefront, a lot of these kids wouldn't even know who the hell Jada was if she wasn't sitting at a red table. So like you know, this shit is moving very very fast. But here's the reality. You and I, we're going to live to be Cicely Tyson, God willing. And oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Cicely, Cicely, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we was we was all rooting for you, Cicely. We was rooting for she, you. What do you mean? Ain't no more rooting. She was 96. She done. She's rooted out. I'm her to beat Betty White because Betty White like 99.9. .9. Listen, let me tell you something. They, they even. They nah, know. I mean, it's something about that hundred that, I mean, it's niggas out here. Who on, wanna, who wanna be a hundred? Me, nigga. Why? Because I wanna be a hundred and see, I'm still gonna be getting me a taste of something at a hundred. Yo, yo, dentures, bitch, that's it. <laughs> what you tasting at a hundred? First of all, do you understand the lingering effects of COVID? You might not have had COVID, but you don't think by the time you a hundred, some fucking COVID lingering issues is gonna pop up? No, I mean, with maybe with these, I don't know, because I, I just want to be a hundred with a boyfriend that's like forty-five. Girl, let me tell you something. If there's a man out there that's forty-five that wants a woman that's a hundred years old, put him in jail. That nigga is twisted <laughs> in the mind. I might look good, you know, as technology advances. No, no, I'm sorry. I listen. I love you. They, nobody looks good at a hundred. They look. That's what they say. They don't say you look good at a hundred. They say you look good for a hundred. It's a difference. <laughs> It's a big difference. <laughs> and Lord, I know one thing. You better hope you make it to 100 because this next story and our last story of the evening, I know you're going to try it. I know you're going to try it. And you can't be turning 100 if you eat shit like this. This What the Fuck Food Edition is brought to you none other than Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. They announced today that they are doing a limited edition of a Valentine Mac and Sweet. This is what they posted. They are giving away 1,000 boxes to Lucky Lovebirds. You have to enter in. I'm not putting the link because I don't promote this. Um, there, you enter in uh, and they will send you a box of this special macaroni and cheese. It's not cheese though. It's sweet. So what you do is you get the box and then they give you this uh, packet of sweet and this is what it looks like. 
Look at Yamanika. Look at Yamanika. Look, 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 look. She getting into it. I know she is. Absolutely not. I don't know why you would think I'm getting into it because I'm a big bitch. No, because you love macaroni and cheese, bitch. What are you talking I about? Do, but ma Chloe, you've had my macaroni and cheese. You think I fuck with crafts? No, but I do think that if somebody said, hey, I got that mac and sweet, you want to try it? I mean, I'm curious as to what it is. <laughs> I mean, because well, how is this sweet? I'm just trying to, because you know my macaroni and cheese has a little bit of sweetness in it, so I'm trying to see if they sold my recipe. No, uh, no, your recipe ain't nowhere near close to this. Uh, girl, it ain't nothing but high fructose corn syrup and pink and pink uh, food coloring. What do you mean? What else is in it? You think they went and got guava and reduced it down to a powder reduction to sprinkle on God's and mac and cheese? Bitch, this is not a uh, <laughs> This ain't chef's table. Let me tell you something. This is too soon to be like when they send in the boxes out because the 14th is, is around the corner, but let me tell you something. Niggas can break up quick because niggas can be together on the 28th, 29th and be done by the 14th because, you know, niggas start to slip in that, that argument around the 4th, the 5th. Well, listen, when you you can't really get into no argument now because where you going to go? We still in a pandemic. So, well, you know, this niggas still moving around and shuffling bitches around in, in <laughs> pandemic because, you know, big, big bitches is out here losing. You know, no. I'm included in that. I, no. Hey, I'm just keeping Listen, it you better reclaim it. You better reclaim it. You I'm going to have to reclaim my time for sure. But it, I'm going to tell you something. I, well, I, you know, I was strong. I did go through a breakup during this pandemic. Now, it, it, you know, how I received it and how I took it during the time, there may have been some moments in the past and current future and in the <laughs> present present. Yeah. You gotta release it. You gotta release it. You heard what I said earlier. If you're gonna make a leap, you gotta make a leap with a hundred. I'm making a leap. I'm making a leap. I'm making a leap. But everybody gotta leap. Everybody gotta leap. Everybody gotta leap. And I need the Lord to let hopefully the part that I need to leap will also go to LA and be over there with you. you come know? on, come on. No, not me. I'm hope he go over there. <laughs> oh no, you gotta come out here. You gotta come out here, girl. This well, so girl, you know I've been out, you know, I've been I've been down the river. In the L.A. sands. But oh, I love the East Coast. Because the East Coast is the man. It's been a long time since I've been to L.A. But I know I don't want to go again. Oh, girl, you said Not that. to live. <laughs> you know, it's too early for me. Niggas be out there eating alfalfa sprouts and jogging early in the morning i'm so oh, I'm girl, in la waking up at 5 30 in the afternoon talking about where the party at and them niggas is like oh we're about to go we're about to have a a, a tofu wrap and take a take a long nap <laughs> um that's i've been waking up early i've been going hiking i've worn mm -hmm. out i've been walking mm -hmm. my dog i mean mm -hmm. it's a great it's you a great life to be a white woman on the side of a of a poster somebody talking about where and i'm gonna tell you in the great words of patrice o'neill bitch they're not gonna come looking for you no they're not but that's why I go. I go with partners. I don't hike by myself. I know better than that. Cause you know what's not gonna happen? Nobody picking my dumb ass up if I slip down a hill. That's the facts. I hope you're not taking Winnie with you, cause you know Winnie can no. barely get up a flight of stairs. No, no, no. She's too old. She's in her bed right now, looking at me like, "What you talking about? Why you talking about me?" Where Winnie at? You can't bring her. I miss Winnie. Winnie is la literally laying in her bed. Come, Winnie. Come. Winnie's she's so bougie. Gonna come. She's so bougie right now. She's like, I'm in. I'm in LA. I see her on first class. She don't care. She's in her bed looking at me like I'm crazy. Of course. Um, Yamanika, thank you so much for joining us this Thanks evening. Thanks for having me, sis. You know, yes. I'll be back. Thank you to everybody that was here watching and everything. And I and I love it. And don't forget to ask Ramona. Um, 
Ramona is watching. She knows. She yes, knows that you want to take a class. class. I really need it. And look, she's right there. Look. Ramona, I'm begging. Because I got... I already said it's done. It's already oh, said. Perfect. You gave out so much good information. I appreciate you. It's already said. Thank you, Thank my you love. Thank you so much, Ramona. Thank you, Yam. Where can people watch you? Yam has an incredible show Friday nights. Let them know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can watch me on live with Yamanika Friday night. Just type in Yamanika official channel on YouTube. And uh, hopefully I'll be back and you'll see Chloe on my show as well. And uh, I, I wish uh, Chloe the best out there in L.A. And she knows I'll see her when I'm out there because I can't avoid L.A. And, and it's my second home anyway. And and shout out to everybody that came over and watched and all the clams in the building, the yams and the clones. And shout out to Tim. And Tim, don't forget, I need that I need that video of Chloe singing. Of course, yes. I will get There's it to video? you. There's, yeah. a video There's a whole fucking video, yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe we'll play it next. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I, I just fucking just made up. Like I was smoking. Oh Lord. Yeah, it was, okay. it's dope. Some good yeah. things come when you smoke. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Yam. I'll see you soon. I love you. And everybody check out Yamanika live on Friday nights, 10 PM on her official YouTube channel. I'll see you later, boo. Bye babe. There you have it folks. Episode number one of 2021 in the books. So good. So much information. And I'm so excited that we're all back here. Even Tim. I'm happy. I'm happy that Tim is here too. Thanks, Tim, for all that you've done for us. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Daddy Tim. Uh, folks in the comments, thank you so much. I see all of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, we will be back next week. Bigger and better. We're always steadily improving. So thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. Be safe. Take care of yourself and start investing your money in the stock market. Bye, everybody. <laughs>